0: One and all, and welcome to this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I am incredibly, incredibly sorry for missing Wednesday's show. It was just a giant mess of a day, I guess. It wasn't anything that I didn't want to record a show. It just got so late in the day that, you know, didn't have enough time. I was tired. I wanted to go to bed. And (laughs) the reason for why we didn't record a show is kind of, I don't know if this is a good reason or not. Now, hanging out with the boys is something that you can go, Like, okay, yeah, yeah, I understand. He's a busy guy. He hosts a world-famous podcast. He's got to have time to hang out with the boys. The problem was not that I was hanging out with the boys. It's what we were doing was watching Furious 7. Okay, for those of you who don't know, it's one of the Fast and Furious movies. It is the last one that Paul Walker is in, and he died, I think, midway through the making of the movie. So we were watching that. We didn't start the movie until about 8 o'clock. So the, game, the movie didn't get done until about 10.30. And at that point, I was uh, tired and didn't really feel like doing it. This was Tuesday night, I guess. Not Wednesday night. Tuesday night. When we recorded a show. Because remember, we recorded a show t- day in advance. And I was like, man, I really want to record a show. Because there's a lot of crap that went down on Tuesday. One of the main things that went down was that you have to remember to go and follow me on all forms of social media, Twitter, Instagram, like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and, of course, follow me on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and give us a rating out of five stars on Apple Podcasts. I would greatly appreciate it. And the Twitter handle is Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram is Blackman Logan. The other Instagram account is the Logan Blackman Show one and then the Facebook page, search Logan Blackman Show. Same for the YouTube channel and the Apple Podcast account, but you're already listening to it, so you should already know what the podcast is called, and hopefully you are following me on all forms of social media and that. But the thing that really happened that was kind of ridiculous and crazy, and I didn't think I was going to start about this because I I kind of forgot about it until right now. Two minutes into the show, it popped back into my head. Spencer Rattler is going to South Carolina. Where the actual hell did that come from? What? What? That was nowhere on, to my knowledge, that was nowhere on anyone's radar on where he was going to end up playing. Like, 24-7 sports and the little crystal ball thing said he was going to UCLA, which made a ton of sense. You get to play your old coach that benched you every single season. Now, it would only be one year because I would assume he'd go to the NFL. You get to play under Chip Kelly. You get to go back home. Like, it was said to be perfect. Not South Carolina, is his stock tanked that bad? Since he got benched, in Oklahoma, they had to go to South Carolina. Now I know South Carolina's a big school. I know they have a nice program with Steve Spurrier. He's not there anymore, but when Steve Spurrier was there, they were a very good football team. They put a lot of very nice players in the NFL. Players on the top of my head I can think of like Davian Clowney, Melvin Ingram, Stephon Gilmore, a former Defensive Player of the Year and first-round traffic by the Buffalo Bills. Like they have some good players come through South Carolina. I just did not expect it to be a quarterback because I can't think of a single Connor Shaw, maybe, the only successful South Carolina quarterback that pops in my head. Now, I could be wrong. There probably is someone way better than Connor Shaw that has played in the NFL, but Connor Shaw, the bald wonder, is the first name that pops in my head for South Carolina quarterbacks. There's a Steven Garcia. He was another quarterback for South Carolina. He was the one that played Iowa in the Outback Bowl when Sean Green rushed for 100 yards in every single game. That was a really fun year for Iowa football, and then the next year, obviously, went to the Orange Bowl, kicked the living shit out of Georgia Tech, and then, you know, went pretty average, went to the Insight Bowl the next year. But that's not what we're talking about. Talking about South Carolina and them getting Spencer Rattler. Yes, this is the same Spencer Rattler that was favorite to win the Heisman, that was the favorite to go first overall. This is not what South Carolina gets. Like... What what did they do to get Spencer Rattler to go there? He's not even from there. He's from the West Coast. Why is he going to the East Coast to play for a team that just had Zeb Noland as their starting quarterback? Like, Spencer Rattler, is he just going there to follow in the footsteps of the legendary Zeb Noland? Like, I, I don't see any other reason why he would go there other than he wants to be like Zeb Noland. Like, it's confusing. South Carolina is fresh off a 6-6 six and six season. On offense, they scored 256 points, which is the second least in the SEC. Like, they they are not a great football team this year. They had some fun moments this year, but they ain't a great football team. Now, Spencer Rattler, I think he brought over one of his receivers from uh, Oklahoma. At least, I believe he did. I could be wrong. There was some Oklahoma player that went to South Carolina, or former Oklahoma player that went to South Carolina. I don't know if he was a receiver or tight end, but he's going over there. But, hey, I ain't going to bash it. I mean, hey, if he feels like that's the best chance for him to get to the NFL, best chance for him to win the Heisman, you are in the best conference in college football. And if you win at South Carolina, that would be seen as a much greater accomplishment than winning at some of these other programs that he was linked to because South Carolina has not been good for about a decade. Like real, eh, no, probably not a decade. Uh, eight years? They did go 11-2 a few years under Steve Spurrier, so I I, I shouldn't say a decade. It, it might be a decade, but I feel like it was a lot sooner than that. But yeah, that was a weird one. And speaking of UCLA, Tanner Gabriel, or Taylor Gabriel, the former quarterback from UCF, or Dylan, Dylan Gabriel. Who's Taylor Gabriel? The wide receiver. T- Dylan Gabriel from UCF is transferring to UCLA. That got announced today. So we have Spencer Rattler going to South Carolina. We have Dylan Gabriel going to UCLA. And then we have a bunch of other transfers coming through the portal as well. Like LSU, Max Johnson, son of legendary NFL quarterback Brad Johnson. You know, the Super Bowl-winning quarterback Brad Johnson. He's going to the transfer portal, and I figured out why today. Because Brennan, Miles Brennan, who is, was expected to be LSU's quarterback to start the season... Is staying. And with him staying, I would imagine that would make things a little bit harder for Max Johnson to play. So Max Johnson entered the transfer portal. And then we had Keaton Slovis, USC's quarterback, enter the transfer portal. Now Jackson Dart was playing towards the latter parts of the season. You see, USC just got the number one quarterback in the nation coming through next year. So Keaton Slovis, who did not play very well this year, I would not, I'm not surprised at all he's transferring. And I'm not going in order and when these transfer, I'm just, they're popping in my head. We had Adrian Martinez announcing that he's transferring. Nebraska's all-time leader in all-purpose yards, I'm pretty sure. Like, dude, everybody's transferring. Then we had Bo Nix, Mr. Auburn, transfer. Now, I'm not the biggest Bo Nix fan of all time. You should know this by now. But this dude was at the national championship game when Cam Newton and Auburn beat Oregon. Like, this is a... A die-hard Auburn fan whose dream was to be playing quarterback for Auburn, and he did that, and now he's transferring. And then the one that happened today was Emory Jones, Florida's quarterback, transferring. And now, out of all those quarterbacks that are transferring, I'm the least surprised, probably, about Emory Jones transferring. Richardson had been a really, really nice quarterback for Florida, and he's a lot younger, or not a lot younger, but he's younger He's had some very nice moments this year, like the game against UC- USF. If he didn't get hurt in that game, like, there's no doubt in my mind that if Anthony Richardson did not get hurt against USF, he would have been the star of the rest of the way. Because he had over 100 yards rushing and 100 yards passing on, like, five attempts for each. Like, he was killing the game, and Emory Jones threw two picks against a bad USF team. But then, since Anthony Richardson got hurt... Emory Jones had a chance to gain his spot back and played well enough against Alabama. Now, when Emory Jones is on, I would argue out of all the quarterback, apart from Rattler, because he's already committed, out of the quarterbacks that haven't committed anywhere yet, Emory Jones might be the most talented. Now, there's a lot of moments where he's not on, but a combination of his athleticism, and he's got a very nice arm, very nice arm, like, He's really good when he's on it. The problem is he's just not very consistent. That's an issue. Very athletic, very good thrower of the football. Now, Iowa, one of their best quarterbacks of the 21st century, and the only one, to my knowledge, that came second in the Heisman Trophy voting, came from UCF. So, um, Kirk, why don't you send a few buddies down south and try to recruit Emory Jones? Out of all these quarterbacks that I that Iowa could get, because, you know, you know me by now, I do not really rate Spencer Peters that highly, or Anthony Padilla. One of them's transferring, if not both of them, because neither one of them are that. Emory Jones could be that. He's got more talent in his left pinky than Spencer Peters has in an entire body, and he probably wouldn't guess that coming out of high school. Now, I don't know how good Emory Jones was as a high school prospect, so I could be completely talking out my ass here, but Spencer Petras broke all of Jared Goff's high school records. Like, that's the most hyped quarterback Iowa has ever had. Like, to my knowledge anyways. Like, I don't remember anybody sending the media circus to go look at Ricky Stanzi or C.J. Beathard or Jake Rudock. Now, Rudock, to be fair, Rudock was very good in high school. He played down in Miami with Joey Bosa. Like, he was a very good high school quarterback. So that was probably the second most hype we've had in Iowa for a, a high school quarterback, but Peter ain't it. Uh, I've watched him for two years now, and I have deducted that he ain't it. And if I had to rank, now there's there's probably a 0% chance, or well, I will say 1% chance, of any of these quarterbacks transferring to Iowa, but if I had to rank them, I would take Emery jo- Jones number one. I love that dude. And if we're talking about scheme fit or whatever, Keaton Slovis would be kind of fun. He could be a fun quarterback to have. Bo Nix is more athletic than Keenan Slovis. I would say Keaton Slovis is a lot more accurate, a lot more cons. Ah, uh, I almost said consistent. I don't really know that. The thing that's been hurting Slovis for the past two years has been his consistency. So I shouldn't say that about him and Bo Nix. But I would rather... So I, re, I, for, I kind of forgot about this person <laughs> as I was talking. Jones won, Adrian Martinez 2. Because Adrian Martinez... Crossing the Iowa-Nebraska border to play for Iowa where he's 90%, 90% chance to kick the living shit out of Nebraska and beat them in Kinnick next year would be beautiful to see. It would be poetic. Emery jo- or uh, Adrian Martinez is a frustrating character because he's very talented. He just hasn't put it all together in Nebraska. Now that could come down to coaching or just him himself. And I promise you this, Adrian Martinez, if you are somehow listening, Adrian Martinez, if you come to Iowa, I will take back everything I've said about you being in college for 30 years. I will, I will never say anything about you again. Okay? If you leave Nebraska and go to Iowa, this is like, I don't know, what what's something comparable here? I I don't know. Just something like (laughs) something drastic and then going to the good side. I, I I like you now. I like you, Adrian. Now, just watch yourself. Don't sabotage this. If Iowa loses Nebraska and Adrian Martinez is the quarterback, I'm going to say it's an inside job. I'm going to say Nebraska told him to transfer to Iowa to blow the program up from the inside out. Now, Iowa fans are living on high right now. They just made the Big Ten Championship game, won the Big Ten West. I mean, they got slaughtered in the Big Ten Championship game, but that's, that, that, that don't matter. <laughs> We're not looking at the result. We're looking at the fact that they made it there. And they get the number one safety recruit in the nation. In-state guy. One thing Iowa, in every sport, we're talking about just specifically the University of Iowa, has struggled with, has been keeping high-recruited kids or highly-rated kids in-state. Iowa basketball has sucked at that for years. Iowa has never had a recruit like Xavier Nwongpa. Ever. This is the highest-rated recruit Iowa has ever had. And when you're linked, with this kid's linked to Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Iowa, as a pessimistic Iowa fan, your brain initially goes, oh yeah, he's going to Ohio State. He ain't going to Iowa. That ain't happening. But man, he already knows what he looks like in black and gold. Why not make the trip east and go to Iowa City? And that's exactly what he did. And this dude could come in and play right away. And I would assume, now I, I'm not 100% confident in saying this, I would think Arlen Bruce would have something to do with the recruit of Xavier Nwongba because of the fact that Arlen Bruce played at Ankeny for his last year of high school and they played each other in the state championship game. So I don't know if that had something to do with the recruitment of Xavier, but it could have. And also, the thing that's also really cool about this, the number one offensive lineman for next year's class is from Southeast Polk as well. And Xavier, a couple weeks ago, or a couple months ago, basically summed up that wherever he goes, his little brother will follow him. So Iowa, there's more chance to me, anyways, of the tackle guy. His name's escaping me. I'm sorry for this. That he comes to Iowa rather than Xavier would because skill position, fun player going to Iowa. That's not like Iowa. Offensive a lineman, a thing that Iowa has turned out on a freaking conveyor belt for the past 20-odd years. Like, Iowa has crapped out offensive linemen, successful offensive linemen in the NFL. And the newest one, this year, we got Tyler Linderbaum, guaranteed top 20 pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. Like, Xavier is a... or um, Tyler Linderbaum is a beast. And this kid, who's, again, I, I should have looked this up. I didn't think I was going to talk about this. Is probably he'd be a bigger recruit than Xavier, but he's a lineman, so you kind of expect it. But hey, they lost Ross Pierce. Ross Piersbacher, went down to Alabama, decommitted from Iowa, from Cedar Falls, started all four years at Alabama at every single offensive line position. Like, they need these guys to stay in state. Stop getting out-recruited by these people. Good Lord. Now, I'm sure Ross is not really feeling too bad about himself. He won a few national championships down at Alabama. But, hey, you could have played for the black and gold, man. But, yeah, I would I would really love, really, really love one of these quarterbacks to come in. My friend Noah and I have been DMing each other on Twitter all these different quarterbacks that announced their transfer. <laughs> He's, we've just been going back and forth on these quarterbacks. And Emory Jones popped it today, and that one got me kind of excited. I was like, hey, yeah, get Emory Jones to Iowa. Get him to Iowa. You got Brad Banks to Iowa somehow. And that's when Iowa was bad. (laughs) Like, Iowa was not in a good space when Brad Banks transitioned up north to Iowa. This was like year three of Kirk Ferentz's head coaching tenure in Iowa. Year four or five, whatever it was. Like, Iowa (laughs) was not, like, big time. And Brad Banks finished second in the Heisman, won every single award there was to win, and somehow came second in the Heisman to Carson Palmer. Dude won every single award that was available, but came second in the Heisman Trophy. That doesn't make no sense ever. But hey, that's really cool. I love that these players are all transferring. It's a lot of fun to watch. It's like Lane Kiffin said the other day, this is like free agency in college football. And I I really liked what uh, Jim o. Fisher said today. Like a lot of people are complaining about this. Oh, like, It's the death of collegiate sports, suds. Now we're playing professional sports in college. Jimbo Fisher said this, and I'm paraphrasing here, something along the lines of NIL deals were always a thing. Now they're just legal. Yes, that's it. No one batted an eye when these players were going to these places a few years ago, but now that we know money's on the table and it's legal now, now everybody's like all pissed off about it. Nah, I'm not under, I don't think that uh, contracts should be a thing, but the NIL thing, that's 100%. I'm a okay with that. (laughs) I'm a okay with players getting name, image, and likeness money. Regardless of how much that is, it doesn't really affect me how much a player is making because the situation says this, basically, that if that was you, I don't think you'd be complaining too much. But because someone else is getting that, I saw it's not fair I hate this why it's ruining collegiate athletics well if it was you or a relative or a friend you'd be pretty a-okay with that wouldn't you and it is affecting recruiting which I'm assuming has something to do with the reason why Rattler wound up at South Carolina because there's not a lot of other things for South Carolina to draw you in the stadium's not that big like it's 75,000 like it's 5,000 bigger than Kinnick Stadium like it ain't that big Oklahoma's is 100000 So you're downgrading in stadium size. You're a mediocre me, – jeez. I was going to say mediocrity. You are a mediocre SEC program at this point in time. Uh, your offense kind of reeks. So I – NIL deals. Yes, I'm perfectly fine with that. Now, but everybody knows it's legal now. Everybody knows now. Back then it wasn't legal. Like Ole Miss got death penalty because they were paying players off and got caught. You know how stupid you had to be to get caught doing that stuff? Every single team was doing it. Every single one. There's not a single clean pair of hands when it comes to playing, paying players. They just got caught because they're stupid, and all of their wins got vacated. Now, I think that's kind of dumb, vacating wins, vacating championships, because it happened. I don't think the players, uh, like Reggie Bush getting his Heisman taken away pretty much. Like, that's stupid. Why is that a thing that we're actually upset about still? I I know most people out there aren't upset, but like the NCAA. Screw off, first off. NCAA could go F itself. I don't really care about the NCAA. Like, it still happened. Are the Fab Five getting their banners taken away? What? It It still happened. Just because Chris Webber accepted some money, now it's legal. So give the banners back. Give Reggie Bush's Heisman Trophy back. And one thing that's been kind of blowing up recently in regards to the NIL deals is the recruitment of Travis Hunter. Now, this is the number one player in high school football. Number one cornerback. I don't remember. I don't know exactly where he's from, but number one. He's from Georgia. Number one player in the country. Five star player. And he decommits from Florida State and chooses to go to Jackson State, an FCS program, HBCU, Historical Black College and University school. It is a powerhouse at this point in time with Deion Sanders as the head coach, one of the most well-known schools in the FCS level because of Deion Sanders, what he's done at that program. They won their conference. They're 11-1. and one, Then they just got their first ever, I think it's the first ever five-star recruit it's either to go to HBCU or FCS level in general. I'm not really 100% sure on that. I know the HBCU thing is 100% true. The FCS thing, I don't know how many five-star recruits go to the FCS level. And people are complaining about, oh, he had the NIL deals from Barstool Sports because Deion Sanders, if you weren't aware, is, uh, is employed by Barstool Sports. It does content for Barstool Sports. Who cares if it was or not? Like, just looking at what the states of the programs right now, Jackson State is balling like their stadium is bumping at all times now they play in like a 50 60,000 seat stadium at the FCS level this place is bumping when they're good and they are very very good right now and not only that you get a chance to get coached by the greatest cornerback of all time the position you play the greatest of all time is coaching you now like, sure, I, the, there was some money involved in it. I would imagine so. But this has started to become a thing recently with bigger-name players wanting to go to these HBCU schools, and I think it's really cool. I'm all for it. I want to see Travis Hunter ball out for Jackson State. Shadur Sanders is a baller for Jackson State. He's Deion Sanders' son, he's their starting quarterback, former four-star recruit. Like, man, and I think the thing that's funny about this Like, uh, if you've been on Twitter (laughs) at all since Travis Hunter signed, you would see the tears of Florida State fans drowning Twitter. Like, this kid was coming to Florida State. And you look at the states of the programs right now, I mean, going to Jackson State, Florida State lost to Jacksonville State. So are you really downgrading here? You get a chance to play for Deion Sanders. Like, there, (laughs) there ain't really a lot competing here. Yeah, I'm 100% down with this. I love that this move happened. It was a really cool moment. The, the what do you call it? The, the press conference, I guess. The signing day press conference thing was super cool. Like, everything about this was awesome. I don't care what the money involved was in it. Because, again, this was happening before. And we're just assuming that since he went to an FCS school versus Florida State, he was paid a million dollars. Could that be true? Yeah. I don't know the facts. Dion's denying it. But people out there are saying Barstool gave him $1.5 million to go to Jackson State. Either way, this is really cool. I don't care if it was money or not. It's legal. So don't complain about it. Like, last year, we were all in favor of this. And then now everybody's doing it. And now everybody's got something to say about it. Like, Travis Hunter, congratulations. (laughs) Congratulations. That's really cool. I was really happy. I smiled when I watched the press conference. I thought that was really sweet. And yeah, you get to learn from the greatest cornerback of all time. Like, I I don't know if money had anything to do with it. Might have, but hey. You're a corner and get a chance to learn from Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders. This isn't, like, this ain't no scrubs here. This isn't Rashad Breland you're learning from. You're learning from Dion Sanders. Like, stop it. I I would do that as well. If you get a chance to learn from Dion in a program that's on the up. And there's some great, great players that have come from HBCUs. Like Walter Walter Payton, Jerry Rice. One of my favorite players growing up, Steve McNair. Came from uh, Alcorn State. Love Steve McNair. Like, there's some legendary players that have come from these schools. And I'm all for it. Like, keep going to these schools. These are really cool moments. And I'm for it. So, yeah, moving on from that into a, a not-great moment, I guess, is uh, Urban Meyer. Uh, he finally got fired. Took damn long enough, Jacksonville. What the hell were you sitting on your fans this long for? Like, preseason, we went into this not really knowing what to expect because college coaches at the NFL level sometimes work and sometimes don't work. More often than not, they seemingly do not work. And we put it on a scale preseason. You gonna watch the NFL preview video we did. The scale read is this: it number the top of it, like comparing what Urban Meyer would do. Top of it was Jimmy Johnson, meet Super Bowl champ, multiple Super Bowl champion, NFL Hall of Famer, Pro Football Hall of Famer, like beast, awesome coach. Second tier was Nick Saban, weren't bad, but you're you belong in college. I think he was. I think he went what seven and nine, like it ain't terrible down in Miami. wasn't great, but he wasn't awful. You could put, like, Pete Carroll in between Jimmy Johnson and Nick Saban. Maybe a little higher than Nick Saban. But the bottom tier was uh, Bobby Petrino, who <laughs> was one of the worst coaches in NFL history. One of the worst. And there's a laundry list of terrible-ass coaches in the NFL. Most recently, you had, like, Freddie Kitchens in the NFL. Rich Kotite is one of the worst coaches in the NFL as well. Like, Re- Bobby Petrino took the Falcons' job with the mindset that Michael Vick's going to be the quarterback. Michael Vick gets arrested And Bobby Petrino just leaves, basically in the middle of the night, and just signs with Arkansas without really saying anything. He won three games in in Atlanta. Like, dude is a dork. And that's putting it lightly. (laughs) Bobby Petrino is not very high in character, at least from what we can tell from the outside looking in. And then you have Urban Meyer, who more and more stories just keep blowing out of every single (laughs) crevice in every single room ever. It's like, Man, we might have a day where I don't need to listen about hear about Urban Meyer. Nope. Here's something else stupid he did. So we'll start off with the first thing that he did. That he started like, okay, this might not work out. Was hiring Chris Doyle, a great strength and conditioning coach, not a great person, all things considered. <laughs> uh, was fired from Iowa for using racist marks and belittling players while at Iowa, and then about a month or so later. He gets hired by Jacksonville, and then a day or two later, he gets fired by Jacksonville. So there's one moment. He go, okay, probably not the best move. Number two, uh, signing Tim Tebow, basically off the streets. He just retired from baseball, and now he has a chance to play with his old college coach and best buddy, who lives right next door to him in Jacksonville, <laughs> and uh, unsurprisingly, got cut pretty fast. So there's two moves that are like, okay, this is really weird. This ain't going to work out probably. And then, well, I guess before this, the drafting of Travis Etienne, which I really never had a problem with, because you look at all of the great, uh, some of the really good teams in the NFL and how they use two-back sets, and Etienne would have been used outside. He has the catching abilities of a wide receiver, so I wasn't too like, ugh, they should they're screwing James Robinson. But they are screwing James Robinson to a certain extent because of the fact that they bench him for pretty much no reason. And it takes Trevor Lawrence yelling at him to get James Robinson back in the game. Because, you know, you should probably play your best players and not play Carlos Hyde. That's probably the way you should do that. But before that, like, <laughs> we had some uh, bad play. Very, very just porous play. And then in Cincinnati, after losing the close one to the Bengals, we see the infamous Urban Meyer video where he's getting a lap dance from some random chick at his own bar. His own place. Like, what the hell? That's pretty much a fireball offense right there. <laughs> They're a terrible team. And he's taken all of the notice to himself, which is not what you want to do. And doing stupid things at that matter. And then we flash forward a little bit more. And then we've got the most recent story. I might be missing a couple things in here. I apologize. But Josh Lambeau, who is a pretty good kicker. At some parts and sometimes very bad. Like he had a stretch where he did not miss a field goal within 50 yards or 35 yards or something like that. Like he was good for a tiny bit. And then Urban Meyer, I guess, apparently, kicked him while he was stretching, and told him, "Hey, dipshit, make your effing field goals." And Josh Lambo said it was about a five out of ten in regards to power on the kick. And Josh Lambo, as you know, a normal person would probably go, "Hey, don't kick me. What?" Why are you doing that? And then Urban Meyer proceeds to go, I'm the head coach. I'll kick whoever the F I want. And then proceeds to call his coaches pussies and losers or that. He had a better coaching staff at Bowling Green, which the problem with that whole debacle about the coaches, he hired them all. They're Urban Meyer's coaches. Isn't like... <laughs> this isn't a whole thing where they just got hired for him. Urban Meyer handpicked everybody. And he's calling them pussies and losers. And he... He won national championships. Oh, he's, they're all losers. Compared to him, they're nothing. And I saw a tweet a little bit ago, either that he just got a massive head and just blew up in the NFL, or he was doing this his entire career, and no one just no one noticed it. Maybe that's the problem. I don't know. Either way, this whole situation with Urban Meyer is a mess, and I don't know how it took him until like December 16th to get fired. He lasts the same number of games as Bobby Petrino, had one less win. He went two and eleven in thirteen games. And the the most embarrassing part about this entire thing is that this dickhead beat the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Still don't. That game still infuriates me. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I, I like after that game, I didn't even record a show. I was like, I'm not doing anything today. I am sitting on my ass and not doing anything because you know you're not sitting when you do a show obviously oh man this thing is just a giant circus i remember people at the beginning of the season were going this team would win eight games like i remember talking about that in my preview video i don't even remember how many i think we had them four wins i think that's what we had them at four and 13 i don't i didn't understand the people overrating them to eight wins like this team won one game in 2020 like where the hell are they pulling these eight wins from? They ain't scratching the playoffs with a college coach. It could work, but history tells us it probably won't work out. Probably won't. Most often, the college coaches fall flat on their face, and that's exactly what Urban Meyer did. And good Lord, everybody knew going into this pretty much that he was not a great person. Like His character has never been something like, oh, yeah, we should go learn from Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is a great person. Like, this dude, I was expecting a health crisis to happen again because that seems to happen everywhere he goes when there's some sort of controversy coming towards his way. I, I my heart, I'm going to take a break from coach that takes a year break and then goes back to Ohio State. And then he retires again from Ohio State. Then, oh, the Jaguars coaching job pops up. And, uh, yeah, it, it didn't work. It was pretty bad. <laughs> Long story short, because there's a lot more we could talk about with Urban Meyer, this thing sucked. And for the betterment of Trevor Lawrence, get his ass out of here. Like, I saw something today it was along the lines of, you either have to choose Urban Meyer or Trevor Lawrence. Well, what the hell are you going to choose Urban Meyer for? How the hell did he get a GM job? How did he swindle the GM spot in Jacksonville? How the hell did that happen? This dude has had zero coaching experience in the NFL and zero just experience in the NFL. And he's going to be the GM slash head coach. Look how well that worked out for Bill O'Brien. GM slash head coach. So tanked the Texans franchise. Traded away their best players for nothing. Like, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And then now we've got to find out who the next Jaguars coach will be. And Matt Miller, who we've talked about before, he's used to be Bleacher Reports draft guy, goes on ESPN, does this kind of zone thing now every once in a while. <laughs> he posted coaches that could change the culture, and there are three coaches on there. And one of the coaches I had a little bit of a problem with, it was Josh McDaniels. What the hell kind of culture is Josh McDaniels building? Have we not learned from about, I don't know, 90% of the Bill Belichick clones that they don't often work? Josh McDaniels is a dickhead. We have known this since his time in Denver. And then remember a few years ago, he took the coaching job for the Indianapolis Colts. They quit like a day later, maybe hours later. I don't remember. Hired a whole coaching staff and everything and then uh, quit. So if we're talking about high character guys, Josh McDaniels is not very high on my list on people that would make a better culture. He was the first coach I ever saw cuss on TV. and I could hear it loud and clear. It was on a Thursday night football game. It was pretty funny. It's probably on YouTube somewhere. Josh McDaniels cussing at the Broncos. I think they were playing the Chiefs. I don't even remember who they were playing. I just remember <laughs> laughing my ass off. Now I was like in middle school at the time. I never heard a coach cuss on TV before, and I heard it loud. Like no one was talking, so you didn't even need to guess what he said. He was screaming. Josh McDaniels is not someone I consider high character. I could be wrong. Now, if we're talking about like quarterback coach, sure. I understand that to a certain extent, but I'm not bringing him down for character. Like the coach that I would bring in if I was Jacksonville and I said this last off season was Byron Leftwich. Now I think Byron Leftwich is almost guaranteed to get a head coaching job this off season. I thought he'd get one last off season, he did not end up getting one, but he's getting one this year. He's got to get one. And now the Jacksonville Jaguars job is open. Former player I think it's written in the stars that Byron Leftwich coached that team. And I'm not saying that he's done a crap ton with Tom Brady because it's kind of like the same thing when you work with Peyton Manning. Or how much are you actually coaching here? <laughs> what are you doing here? When By the time he got Tom Brady, Tom Brady was in his 40s. So I don't think Tom Brady was going, hey, Byron, uh, you want to tell me what to do here? I think Tom was like, I'm going to do everything here. You're just going to be the face of the offensive coordinator position, but I'm really the offensive coordinator. Peyton Manning was the same thing. Like that's what got Adam Gase multiple head coaching jobs because he worked with Peyton Manning, so he's a quarterback guru. At the latter stage of Peyton's career, when Peyton wasn't taking shit from nobody, <laughs> Peyton wasn't listening to no coach, what the hell is that? But Byron seems like a good dude, seems like a really good offensive coordinator from what it looks like, but again, don't really know all he's doing, but I think he's getting a head coaching job in Jacksonville. GM? Do not give him the GM job. Do not give coaches and GM... Don't give head coaches the GM job. 90% of the time, it don't work out. Sometimes it works out. Bill Belichick has worked out. But most often, I would just recommend we don't do that. Especially with a coach that has zero head coaching experience in the NFL. Don't do that. Do not. now. Eric Bieniemy is going to be another shot in there as well. Jim Caldwell is going to be linked with some jobs as well. Uh, who else do we have as head coaching candidates? I'm trying to go through my Rolodex in my head for coaches. Uh, Brian Dable, the Bills office coordinator, could get a head coaching job this year, but I think last year was probably his best chance to get it based on how the Bills offense has not been amazing, but that, again, can go down to the, the horrific offensive line and the lack of run game that they have, because Josh Allen is 17 yards away from being the Bills' leading rusher this season. 17. This is the first time since, like, the 90s or 70s that the Bills have not had a rusher in the first half of a game other than, like, no running back right in the ball. It was only Josh Allen. Because their old line can't block anybody, and they were trying to set up the run, or set up the pass by running the ball. That game, they set up the run by passing, which worked so much better. They got massive gains out of it when they handed the ball at the Singletary because the Bucks were like, oh, they're going to pass it. Set up the pass to establish the run. That's what the Bills got to do the rest of the way. And are there any other head coaches? I mean, Josh McDaniel's is going to get linked with the job. I think that dude's just sitting there waiting for the Colts or the Patriots job to open up. Waiting for Bilicek to leave the coaching position and take that job. What other coaches are there that could take it? I'm trying to go through all the different coaches that are available. I don't know. Those are my main guys. I could be wrong. Like, Daryl Bevel is the interim head coach. That dude's kind of just nailed down his spot in the NFL. I'm going to be the assistant head coach on a terrible team and then I'll take the head coaching job because that coach is going to get fired and I ain't good enough to get the head coaching job myself. I'm just going to chill with my job right now and be the just basically keep the seat warm for the next coach that comes in. It's usually just what he does. And that's what we got. So I hope you enjoyed the show today. If not, I can only apologize. I'm not going to do the bowl thing. I thought I was going to do it today, but I am getting freaking tired. We're going to, we're going to do this later. I mean, we got more bowl games to go over in the future, but uh, we just go rapid fire, like super fast bowl games. Okay, Middle Tennessee State, Toledo, Toledo. Northern Illinois, Coast Carolina. Uh, we're going to pick Rocky Lombardi. No no real reason there, just picking the Iowa guy. What's Kentucky, Appalachian State. West Kentucky, go with underdog. Jackson State or South Carolina State? Jackson State. Then we got Fresno State versus Utah. Fresno State. BYU, UAB. BYU. Liberty, Eastern Michigan. Liberty. Oregon State, Utah State. We're going to go with the Aggies of Utah State. Louisiana versus Marshall. Louisiana we got Old Dominion-Tulsa, uh, we're going to take Tulsa. We got Wyoming versus Kent State. We're going to take Kent State there. We're going to take the Golden Flashes. UTSA versus San Diego State. UTSA, go with the underdog again. Missouri versus Army. We're going to take the Army, Black Knights there. Miami-Ohio versus North Texas. We're going to take North Texas. Florida-UCF, we're going to take Florida. Even though they're not very good, we're going to take Florida. Memphis-Hawaii, we're going to take Memphis. Georgia State versus Ball State. We're going to take Georgia State. Nevada versus Wyoming. Nevada. East Carolina versus Boston College. Boston College. Auburn versus Houston. Houston. Louisiana, or geez, Louisville versus Air Force. Air Force. Texas Tech versus Mississippi State. Uh, 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 Mississippi State. (laughs) NC State versus UCLA. UCLA. Uh, Minnesota versus West Virginia. Minnesota. Virginia versus SMU. SMU. Virginia Tech versus Maryland. Uh, uh, Virginia Tech. Iowa State versus Clemson. If Iowa State has all their stars, Iowa State, but if not, Clemson. (laughs) Oklahoma, Baylor. Oklahoma. Or Oklahoma, geez. Oklahoma, Oregon. Oklahoma. North Carolina, South Carolina, North Carolina, Purdue, Tennessee, Tennessee. Ah, uh, no, Purdue. We're changing it. Uh, Michigan State, Pit, Pit. Arizona State versus Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Wake Forest versus Texas A and M. We're gonna take the Aggies. Then we got Miami versus Washington State. We got Miami. Penns, Boise State versus Central Michigan. Boise. Good lord, there's a lot of games. Cincinnati, Alabama, Alabama. Then we got Michigan versus Georgia, Georgia. Then we've got Penn State versus Arkansas, Arkansas. Then we've got. Well, yeah, we'll go with that one still. Oklahoma State versus Notre Dame. We're going to go with Okie State. Kentucky, Iowa. I'm not going to pick against Iowa, even though I think Kentucky might win. We're going to Iowa. Ohio State versus Utah. Ohio State. Ole Miss versus Baylor. Ole Miss. Kansas State versus LSU. Uh, can't, no, they're doing it for Coach O. LSU. And then who do I think will win the Natty? I think Alabama will win it. So there's our picks made for the college football bowl games and rapid fire speed run bowl games i don't know what i don't really remember what games we kind of picked that's not do not pick those games i i don't even think i'm i'm not even that confident in it but if you are confident in me in those games make sure you go and follow me on all the of social media and the apple podcast and spotify account, give a rating of five stars on apple podcast and with that i hope you enjoy your weekend hope you enjoy some nfl action hope you enjoy some bowl games we have the chiefs up on the charger no the Chargers scored you got the Chargers score 14-10, Chargers are up. We got the Raiders-Browns, Patriots-Colts on Saturday, Panthers-Bills, who are rocking their color rush uniforms this weekend, Cardinals-Lions, Jets-Dolphins, Cowboys-Giants, Washington vs. Philly, Titans-Steelers, Texans-Jags, Bengals-Broncos, Falcons-Niners, Seahawks-Rams, Packers-Ravens, and Saints-Bucks on Sunday Night Football, with Vikings and Bears on Monday Night Football. So, yeah, that's all I've got for you today. You can go check out the mock draft on the LoganBlackmanshow.com. Just again, make sure you're following me on all forms of social media. And I would greatly appreciate it if you did. Make sure you read through the entire 56 minute article. If not, just read through your teams. I don't really care. <laughs> or you don't even read it. I don't know. Click on the article at least so I can get a view out of it. With that being said, enjoy your weekend. I'm probably gonna go fall bed fall asleep right now. So I will see you all later. Peace.